Hello and welcome to The Abundant Edge, the podcast that explores the worlds of natural building, permaculture, and regenerative living. I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher. Today we have a really remarkable guest, William Horvath. He's the founder of the website Permaculture Apprentice and has written a ton of invaluable articles all about the practical steps he's taken on his own permaculture journey. This guy has an incredible backstory. He grew up in Croatia in a village just outside of the capital and as a kid he endured four years of the Balkan War in the early 1990s, which he says shaped him as a person just as much as growing up close to nature. After university he became a geologist and moved to Australia to work in the mining industry but only lasted about five years before he and his wife decided to quit their jobs and move back to Croatia to take over the family land. Since then, he's been documenting his experience on the website while setting up his own permaculture farm. He describes his business as an attempt to help novice farmers to design and set up their farms and their lives so they can live fully and meaningfully. Now before we get started, let me just give you a quick disclaimer. My internet connection here in rural Guatemala is not the best, so there are times where the audio cuts out a little bit or there's a bit of distortion. So just hang tight. It's not hard to get the context if you just listen through a little bit further. So let's get started. William, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Uh, how, how is things where you are? Oh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit cold. Uh, and you know, it's not like I don't like cold, but uh, you know, it's we are currently in minus. You know, in Celsius, it's not cold. But you know, I on the other side, I enjoy winter because uh, you know, I can I can be inside in the house doing the computer work, and then in the summer, then you know, I'm all outside, so it's good. Yeah, of course. I miss winter a lot. I'm from Minnesota originally, but right now, uh, as you know, I'm mm -hmm. in Guatemala. So um, even mm -hmm. though it's mm -hmm. tropical, I'm also in the highlands, so it's not too humid. And it's actually really good weather yeah. for working right now. So, hey, so let's get started. Well, um, mm -hmm. Before mm -hmm. I ask you about the practicalities of transitioning to a regenerative lifestyle, why is it important to make a change and what will happen if we don't start making a transition in our way of living? Well, I would say that you know we are really truly in a unique point in our history. Uh, there are little, you know there are a lot of things happening. Uh, uh, you know we are on so many unsustainable trajectories uh, that you know before you know people were concerned before people were saying before that things are you know about to change. But I would say that you know probably next you know 10, 20 years that the changes you know that are going to happen to our society uh, both technological changes and changes in the environment are you know, truly unique. Uh, so I think that uh, in order, you know, first we need to understand what's the context of you know, what's happening with our society in order to be prepared uh, for, the, you know, for the changes that are coming. And this is important because then, you know, when, once we know what's happening, where we have it, uh, then we can take, you know, we, we, you know knowledge is power, then we can uh, take actions and be proactive and, and that's you know that's why I always say that a lot of people are uh, feeling anxious and that anxiety actually resides in the gap, gap between you know, what people know and uh, what people know that they should be doing and what exactly they are doing so uh, I would say that 
it's time that we all kind of uh, take responsibility for our actions and uh, in, in the same time try to provide for our needs and uh, uh, simultaneously uh, regenerate the land and uh, do, our, you know, do our best to contribute uh, to a better future you know, for ourselves and our families. Yeah, of course. And now you've been a big promoter of permaculture and the lifestyle that's included with that as one of the solutions, as one of the antidotes from these changes that are probably not going to be positive in the upcoming time. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are already familiar with the basics of permaculture, but what are some of the common misconceptions mm -hmm. um, and sort of what it takes to live the lifestyle that you'd like to correct or sort of give better advice on? Well, I would, well, firstly, you know, I, I, would, I would say that, you know, permaculture is, it's not just about farming. And that's what people usually think, you know, when think about permaculture, it's about, you know, just going through something like permaculture is a design science. So, essentially, you know, permaculture, uh, you're, you're, you're designing your whole lifestyle. And, and you know, growing food is just you know one part of that lifestyle. It's it's a it's a you, you know people need to uh, think holistically when it comes to permaculture. So of course you have to ethics and then you have principles, and it's how you you know apply those principles to your life. Uh, that's how you uh, I would say live the permaculture lifestyle. Uh, but I would say that you know uh, living. That kind of lifestyle, it's, it's a little bit harder when you know, think about the practicalities, how you're going to you know, transition to that lifestyle and how you're going to live it. So uh, I would say people sometimes, you know, they romanticize about that lifestyle and they're not aware of uh, what it takes really if you want to fully embrace. Of course, you can always, you know, you can, you can do composting in your you know, apartment or you can have your garden, but if you want to fully commit and really make a, 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 a difference and impact, then it's not as easy as people think. So, and there's the whole thing, there is no, no single way that you, know, you can, uh, let's say, transition or live uh, a lifestyle that is true to that values of permaculture. You know, there is no one recipe, each situation is different. And I would say, since I'm all about transitioning and uh, to permaculture lifestyle and trying to make a living from permaculture lifestyle, uh, one needs to be aware of that there is a lot of uh, uncertainty when it comes to uh, living day, you know, day to day, or you know, month to month, or year to year, uh, fully embracing that kind of lifestyle and making a living uh, from it. So, sure, uh, it's uh, probably not I one of it's probably not one of those yeah, things that, like, yeah. once you've got the farm, once you've got a couple of systems in place, then you're finished. It's an ongoing process, and it needs to be maintained as well. Yeah, it's an ongoing process, and I would say, at least for me, uh, that's a that's a my uh, how to say it. it's a long term thing. You know, it's not like you know I'm going to try to do a permaculture lifestyle and, and have a farm, and you know I'm going to do that for that. It's a long-term goal, and uh, and once you take that angle, you know, looking from that perspective, you have plenty of time uh, 
let's say, documentation. You don't have to do it in, in year one. Uh, you can do it, you know, slowly, gradually, but because that's, uh, if you want to leave the class, obviously there are certain values that you need to embrace, and those values are your core you know, beliefs, and they're not, you know, they're not gone in a year or two. As I say, it's a long-term goal. And, you know, slowly but surely people can come to that goal, but uh, it's not easy, that's what I'm saying. Sure, I really agree with that. Now, though you're not at the end of your process, nobody is, uh, you've become one of the many success mm. stories of people who've transitioned from conventional lifestyles to more regenerative ones based on permaculture principles. Uh, what have been some of the changes from the way that you used to live? Well, I, you know, I said, I would say that uh, I live a pretty normal life. Uh, I got you know, I worked for a while. For the last five years, I, lived, I worked as a geologist in Australia. And, you know, by having a, a real, let's say, that job was well paid and it allowed, let's say, my, my life and I to live in a normal life where, you know, we had a house, we had, you know, uh, we lived in, in the suburbs and by all means a normal, you know, nine to five. It's not nine to five for me, it was for my wife because, you know, while working on, on, on a roster, you know, two weeks on one week off. But I would say the main change is, you know, we're now living a simple life. We moved to Croatia, which is, you know, uh, you could say that Australia is much more, uh, it's, it's much more, uh, uh, the living standard is you know, much higher than Croatia, but here we are living a much simple life, and we downsize our lifestyle, uh, and we definitely do, uh, you know, less less travel. We uh, we spend less money, but overall, I would say uh, our lives are you know, it's a better quality of life. Uh, and you know, we both feel more fulfilled, and I would say also healthier life because by default. Uh, let's say, you know, the football uh, lifestyle in Australia is much more uh, uh, much more unhealthier than here. Here, when you default to a kind of, you know, uh, uh, let's say, just normal uh, normal living, um, food is much, much better quality uh, and uh, uh, things are much, you know, people here are, you know, they're much more the community, you know, the household community is uh, much more present here uh, than uh, in Australia. So I would say overall, uh, we downsize our lifestyle. We, you know, uh, need less money. We spend less money. We, of course, you know, grow our food. Uh, we spend, uh, you know, times with my family and friends. Um, that's why I say it's a, it's a, it's a better quality of life. So, you know, more human, uh, healthy life overall. And uh, that's the that's the thing with, with you know having let's say uh, achieving that uh, lifestyle where you have a lot of money, um, but you know trading that for uh, less fulfillment in life. I would say that uh, we are both feeling you know much more fulfilled with our lives here. So that's a that's a long answer to. Uh, no, I definitely understand what you're talking about. Um, I'm doing a similar thing here in rural Guatemala, and you're definitely right about how sometimes countries which are less developed by a certain index actually default to a higher quality of food and of living than you would otherwise in, say, Australia or the United States or other 
uh, you could even call them overdeveloped countries. And the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the items mm. that you that you go to come from your local community. It's a lot easier to live by the principles that a lot of us uh, uh, find to be you know very important in our transitions. Now you currently yeah, run a website right. mm. that helps people to transition into this permaculture lifestyle. How do you define the permaculture mm -hmm. lifestyle? I was going to say. I would, you know, I would define a permaculture lifestyle as uh, living a life in which you're, you know, honoring the ethics of permaculture, and you're looking through the lens of permaculture principles. And the main, you know, the main way that we are expressing that permaculture lifestyle, at least, you know, what my main focus is, you know, once we have that land, uh, then we are expressing, you know, what we are, you know, what our core beliefs are. Uh, we're expressing that uh, uh, that values that we have, you know, honoring the ethics and uh, looking to the lens of permaculture principles. Excellent. And, you know, uh, and that's why I said, you know, we're expressing that through the land. So, you know, more practically, uh, you know, I would say that we're doing good for the environment while at the same time taking care of ourselves, you know, our family and uh, the community around us. I completely agree. Now, for people who are hoping to make this change, what are some of the most important aspects that we should consider when changing their lifestyle to a regenerative one? Well, I would say that it all, you know, it all depends, you know, on their unique context. Uh, everything is dependent on that, you know, their unique uh, situation in life. So, as I said before. Uh, there is no single recipe for you know succeeding this kind of lifestyle. Uh, we all, uh, you know, we all have different lives, and you know, let's say for me and my wife and I, we are in early early thirties. We don't have kids. We have a lot of people, family and friends here, so we came back to Croatia. For somebody else, uh, you know, if somebody is already forty, have kids, and and and. Uh, is working, you know, it's all invested in, you know, his or hers a nine to five job, then it's a completely different situation. You know? So that's why I said the most important aspect is your unique, unique context. You always start from that. You start with, you know, with identifying uh, what your goals are, what, you know, what your vision is for the future, you know, why, why you want what you want. So that, that's a starting point. And I would say, one of other important aspects, as I already alluded before, is that uh, in trying to live this kind of, you know, changing your lifestyle to re regenerative one, is that you need to uh, you need to start to think like entrepreneur. You know, you, you need to start embrace that uh, uh, that mindset, and, uh, and that means, you know, that obviously, you know. Need to be prepared for uncertainty. And be prepared that you're going to fail. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you need to do a small test, you know, test things, and then you know, scale up. So there is a lot of, you know, I would say overlap between uh, being a farmer, permaculture farmer, and being an entrepreneur. Basically, basically, they're the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think those things that you life. mentioned are also really good sort of life attributes to help someone grow as a person, not just in business or in farming or anything. Yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. And that's what I would say, that, you know, trying to, uh, to live a permaculture lifestyle, obviously, 
the main thing that people are trying to say that I want to be free. You know, I want my freedom. I want my freedom of choice. I, you know, I want to do what I think. That, you know, it's right rather than you know being being trapped. Uh, so that's why I said people need to embrace that kind of uh, mentality. Uh, that you you know that you also say uh, uh, is you know also good for your personal you know personal growth and and and, and I would say. And making a life of choices. Uh, if you can do that, you will have much more choice. Sure. And another thing I would well say. That is, Go on. Another thing, you know, that a lot of people uh, maybe you know forget or disregard is that uh, you you need to ensure that you have support of your partner. You know, if you have you know if you have a partner, uh, then you kind of, not not that you kind of you, you just need to be on on on. on, on, on on board, she or he needs to be on board with the idea of a lifestyle of change. So it's not easy, you know, if you are, if you, if you are, you know, secretly wanting something but your partner doesn't want, then obviously, you know, obviously that's a big problem. So that's a short, that's a really important aspect of, you know, uh, with these two ones that I said before. Of course, yeah, it's always easier when uh, everyone who you're going through your life with is on board and, and willing to help out and working towards the same goals. I completely agree. Now, to get a little more personal with your situation, you've become established over a couple of years now. You have your farm running and your business is going. If you could go back to a few years ago when you were just getting started in this lifestyle change, what advice would you give yourself? Mm -hmm. Definitely, it would be that... Uh, you know, the advice would be find more mentors, you know, visit more farms, do more volunteering, uh, connect with, you know, with, with more people because uh, what actually propelled my uh, my career in permaculture lifestyle and permaculture farmer was exactly that, finding mentors that were willing, you know, to teach me. And uh, I would never forget, you know, now I had two or three of them uh, when I was in Australia. And I was lucky that I, you know, ended up as I was doing with, with, uh, with a really intelligent, you know, retired horticulturist who was uh, having a market garden at the same time. But he was willing, you know, to teach me and I was, you know, I was uh, teachable, you know, I was willing, I was willing to learn. And, you know, imagine if you can, you know, somebody who is like 64 or 65 years old, and has a life full of experiences in business and growing and in horticulture trees and everything, and you know asking him questions like you know so if you were me, you know in my age what would you you know what would your advice be uh, what would you do what would you focus and certain things that I was then taught uh, stay with me and I apply them you know, uh, like simple things like he said I said you know what would be the most important thing that you can uh, tell me. He said, always, always do small tests and think in, in small modules, you know, establish one raised bed and if that raised bed is going well, then copy and scale, copy and scale, leave yourself enough room to, you know, to, to copy and, and, and paste and, and scale. So it is those kind of people. And I also visited David Holmgren and his wife Sue and just, you know, being around there, uh, uh, talking with them, uh, learning about osmosis and learning about their systems, uh, you know, they'd say it with me, and I would say to myself, meet more people, volunteer more, 
find more mentors and connect with more, more people. That's the most important thing that I would you know, suggest to anybody out there. Sure, I think that's really valuable, especially for all the information that's out there on the web. People tend to just focus on things that sort of reaffirm what, what it is they're trying to specify in or the, the topic that they're trying to learn. But uh, I've definitely found since working on farms myself, um, many of the locals will help you out a ton with those problems that you might have that are specific to your location, even if they haven't been practicing permaculture yeah. or regenerative farming specifically, they've been in that area long enough to observe the changes, to understand you know, certain parts of the landscape that are conducive to what you're trying to achieve. And you know, even if it's a technically a different method of farming, there's a ton of knowledge to be gained in there. And you know, I'll, I'll also say that it doesn't have to be necessary, you know, it's a, it's a permaculture farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are so many, there are so many skills, you know, in permaculture that we need, you know, in establishing our farms. Uh, so, you know, finding mentors in business, uh, finding mentors in just, you know, uh, 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 like a horticulturist who doesn't have any permaculture experience, uh, can also help you. Absolutely, you know, and I think that people, you're right. It, as, it goes further than just learning skills. It's another way of reconnecting with your community. A lot of us, almost like I'm doing right now, are reaching out yeah. to people on the other side of the world. Um, but you know, as long as it doesn't get in the way of your interactions with your own community, with the people who have things to teach you as well, that are a lot closer by. Yeah. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. So what, on the other side of that, have been some of your biggest successes or things that you're most proud of since you changed to a permaculture lifestyle? Uh, well, as I said in the beginning, there is a uh, you know people get anxious when there is a gap between uh, what they know they should be doing and what they're doing. So I'm 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 also a little bit like that, you know, like everybody else. You know, so I I get I tend to get anxious if I don't make progress on my goals. So I would say that you that's know, on one side it's motivating me. Uh, to you know, just do projects, and uh, I have you know a few projects running on, on my farm, and but you know I also have uh, my off online presence and my offline farm, so I'm, I'm kind of pursuing projects in in, in both areas, and uh, on my, on my farm I would say that you know like the biggest success this year was you know definitely establishing my my food forest, uh, where I you know actually planted. 200 trees and you know I done the key line design and, and you know the green uh, mulching and uh, swales so that was all done you know in this year uh, I would say with also with limited time yeah uh, that is a huge step the whole you know the whole system well but I would say that as I said uh, uh, that I were my mentor I would say that uh, Establishing systems. Okay, so maybe my first year, you know, my growing uh, my food forest and, and uh, planting trees, and and I would say that I done probably many mistakes. Uh, I also this year I had my I started my own nursery, you know, growing trees from seeds and cuttings and everything. So I would say that this year I was uh, doing all that, but I developed a system. So now each each new year I'm just going to build upon what I learned. 
So uh, I would say I, I'm not proud of uh, my uh, test that I ran and experiments and everything that I was doing, establishing uh, a system that I can then scale up. But uh, that's that's that to be the offline, you know, and farm stuff. But I would say also that I completely changed my work environment, so I'm not working anymore in uh, in a job that I uh, don't like, and you know, hang around with people that I don't like because I, I, you know, I remember when I was a geologist sitting with the CEO of, of my you know of my company, and you know the the project managers and they you know they would go drinking wine and I would be with them and they would be saying how they need to uh, deceive the local people so they don't you know see what they're about to do with with the, with the environment and everything uh, uh, and, I, and I felt you know really not true to myself so I would say that uh, my work environment I'm currently in you know uh, communicating and hanging out with farmers with like-minded people, you know, in, in permaculture, with people from my website, you know, even this interview with you, this is my work now. Okay, so I, I can I can say that I'm not talking with people, you know, smart people who are on the same, you know, who are trying to do the same thing. So um, that was a huge, that was that's, that's a huge success, you know, not not being forced uh, to work in a job that I don't like, work with the people that I don't like and uh, finally doing something uh, for my future, okay? So I would say that uh, before maybe I was, you know, earning money and saving that money, I also knew that I was working for my future. But now, you know, uh, now I'm really uh, doing things, uh, you know, all, all practical things on my site. So that excites me uh, enormously. Yeah, those are all huge steps. Uh, let's take some time now and kind of switch gears. We've been talking about some of the theory and the idea behind making a lifestyle change. Um, but what a lot of people find is that one of the gaps in the education that a permaculture design course gives is how do you actually implement your design once you've made one? Now, in your case, how did you figure out where to start? Well, uh, I didn't know at the time, but uh, when I was at David Conway's place, was, I was just going to a permaculture design course from Jeff Lawton. And you know, once you know the the whole you know uh, lectures were finished, uh, I got the one-page instruction from Jeff, uh, you know, in PDF, saying first you you know, it said something, your goals, you know, identify your design site, and then you're done, or something like that. So then I realized that. Um, I'll need to do a lot of research, you know. And I was also with David Cohen, so there was a lot of books. I was talking with people, so I realized that doing my own research and you know, just learning and putting that on paper and trying to teach somebody, uh, I really, you know, because I was teaching it, I needed to learn it twice. Sure. So I was able to. So I was able to find actually that I have. Uh, uh, a skill to take a lot of information and condense it into step to step, and that's what I applied, you know, to let's say my life. When every time when I meet new situations, so in a situation where I need to figure out how I'm going to implement my uh, my my design, which I don't done the same thing. I went to the recent book, uh, podcast, whatever, 
and then uh, it maybe everything needs to make sense in a in a in a step by step. Uh, it needs to be something that I can uh, deconstruct the whole thing into simple step by step uh, instructions that I can use. So that's what you know. That's how I was able to figure out. But of course, you know, there are there are a lot of people who are already teaching it, but I was just you know able to take all that info and make you know make it as practical uh, as possible because uh, there are a lot of good you know designers out there. But I'm just ordinary. You know, I'm nothing special. I'm just ordinary you know permaculturist who wants to do things on his farm. So. Uh, it's important to deconstruct the the, the huge, big, uh, let's say, all big that pile of research into simple steps, and then once you have once you have your instructions, then uh, it's only a matter of uh, you know being practical, uh, develop your you know priorities based on your priorities, uh, being practical with how you're going to uh, implement which steps first, and and and. Then it comes really to to just being resourceful uh, with your time, with your with your budget, and everything. So certainly, yeah, and those practical steps are what get the ball rolling, even if they seem like you know um, insignificant aspects in the beginning. You got to start somewhere, and that's uh, that's definitely important to figure out where that point is. Now. On the other side of that, what are some of the main things that people overlook when they're planning for their farm? Well, I would say, and it comes down to the cost of, and first of all, you know why they're doing it. They need to be clear on why, because I get a lot of people sending uh, me emails. I want, I want to grow uh, a fruit or I have my property. I don't know, you know, what should my first step be? So if you don't know, you know, why you're doing something, if you don't know, you know, what your vision is for your, your place, then you won't be able to know exactly how to get there and uh, you won't know what exactly steps you should take, what your goals should be. So that's why I always, Kind of encourage people to think about their why because their why is, you know, that, that, that's the first thing. So if you're planning a permaculture farm, be, you know, you need to understand why you're doing it. You know, is it because of, you know, the life quality, because of the, you want healthy food uh, for your family, you want toxic free environment, people, uh, you want to, you know, you want freedom. So once you understand why you're doing it, you know, that will help you. In developing a farm because it will be time money, and then you can also establish a vision. And from there, uh, from that vision, you'll know what, what, what steps to take. And it's also a matter of uh, people, you know, having, let's say, making a design, uh, then uh, thinking that they need huge piles of money. And I would say that uh, people should focus on easy solutions that don't require money. Sometimes, you know, I always have plans for my property and, you know, those plans are, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, but then I eventually, you know, stop and reflect and I ask myself, you know, should I be doing that? Is, is that going to be closer to my, you know, to my goal? And uh, if the answer is no, then let's say that I scrapped a project that could be, I don't know, three, four thousand dollars that, that I didn't have to 
spend. So rather than asking, you know, how can I spend my money, people should be asking, how can I, you know, what I shouldn't be spending my money on. Oh, absolutely. It's a matter of asking the right questions. Or... Yeah, that's true of a lot of things. Now, when it comes to practically implementing steps on a farm, what are some of the steps that people have the most trouble with? Well, I would say that just you know, starting out, and that means, uh, as I said, being clear on their goals are, and then based on the goals, uh, trying to understand their site and making a design. So these are all steps that you know people would. Oh, I need to do a swale, or, or or something. I don't know how to do a swale, but first, why do you want to do a swale? Do you understand your site? What are your goals? Are you trying uh, that your site bends to your goals? You know, there's so uh, there's so many um, there's so many things that aren't clear in that beginning. So that's what people struggle the most. The first basic steps, you know, which direction they should take, you know, with their farm, which way they should take when it comes to making a living. Just starting out, that that you know, all the steps in that starting out are you know pro problematic for people. So there, there's no, you know, sometimes you know, obviously you could say uh, people would like to know more about sales. So obviously, you know, the sales are you know the steps that they have the most trouble with. But I would say you know rather than sales. Rewind and, and think about uh, why do you need sales, and understand do your site really need sales? You know, so that comes down to understanding uh, the patterns of climate and, and and weather and everything. So it's it's I would say sometimes people don't know uh, what they should uh, they should be. Let's say they don't know what steps they have problems because they don't. They're not even aware of those steps, sure. and that's where I try to, let's say, guide them, guide them in the direction. Or maybe you should think first about your goals, and then understanding the site, and then design based on that, and then implementing and thinking you really, really need that. So, yeah, I think to to expand a bit on what you're talking about, it's really easy to get caught up in all of the very nifty little aspects of permaculture, like you said, putting in swales. Uh, thinking about things like hugel culture beds um, or whatever else yeah. is, is you know popular or fashionable that people are just starting to discover yeah. and as great as those things are it may not apply to the projects you're trying to work on and people try and put them in situations just because they know um, that it's something that they want or something that they're excited about yeah, yeah. so um, other than simply growing food crops and managing a farm, what are some other ways that people can make a good living with a permaculture lifestyle? Well, I recently ran a post with, which was actually outlining uh, seven different ways people can uh, make a living. And being a permaculture farm is only one of them. Uh, so there is a whole thing with is strategic about uh, what you can do, but you know I said on the on the on the post outline, uh, seven of them, and one is farmer of course, and then you have secondary producer, so you don't have to be a primary producer. You can uh, buy, uh, let's say, primary produce from somebody, and then you know evaluating that and selling. Uh, then you you don't even have to do being primary producer or secondary. You can just market and distribute. 
those you know primary products or the secondary. So marketing and distribution is also something you know that you can uh, they can go and, and, and let's say make make a living. Then of course nursery and not nursery just plant propagation. You know animal breeding as well. So because people need uh, people need I would say as permaculture is becoming bigger and bigger as a movement. Uh, Plants, permaculture plants are becoming you know, really interesting for people, you know, not just fixing plants, or there are huge possibilities uh, with, let's say, establishing permaculture uh, nursery and then and, and, uh, selling, you know, all the, all, the, uh, all the plants in a guild, for example, or, you know, specially adapted, like Mark Shepard is doing, you know, specially adapted hazelnuts, you know, adapted or resistant to, to drought and, and flood. So nursery is of course a big one, then um, there can be, you know, all kinds of services that are related <coughs> to, to the farm itself or farming. Uh, you know, you can rent out something, you know, your, your room or, 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 or even a small hut or something and maybe uh, provide some healthcare with, you know, the herbs that you're growing. But that's also, you know, one 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 aspect that people can also use. And then, of course, there is teaching and education on the side. That's something that's uh, been proven as a good model to people for uh, uh, making a big source of income. Uh, so uh, that's something. If you have already established the site, then you know, people will come there for tours, and you, you can do teaching as well. So, and finally, there is a consulting, and that's. Course, once you have your site, or you prove that you're a good educator, or something, you know, once you're proving yourself in the permaculture community, then you can do also consulting, you know, whether that's just designing, and you can be also implementing design as PermaFolk is doing. So I would say there, there is plenty of opportunities, and there is something that, you know, there's even off site income that's not related to permaculture. But here's the thing uh, I'm currently, you know, doing, uh, I would say, three, four, four things from this list. And it's not like just one thing will will make a hundred percent of my income. You know that's a highly effective maybe way of doing business, uh, but it's not resilient. So like in permaculture, we you know we think about polyculture of uh, crops, and we think we need to think about polyculture of incomes. So that's that's a. a, a there's a huge variety, but then there is a whole thing of transitioning to one of those uh, careers or occupations or whatever, and that's a whole other, you know, that's another thing that I'm, 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 I'm working on currently on, on a post, uh, just outlining that from what I learned, you know, uh, by doing it myself and what I saw other people doing it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like you were talking about, the diversity helps to create a resilience um, not only in your farm but in your lifestyle as well. If you're drawing from multiple income streams, uh, it gives you some insurance in case one of those streams is has a down year or maybe your farm doesn't take the yields that you're hoping for or you know any sort of other thing that, that can't really be expected or planned for. Now, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's not like we're trying to be Sorry, sorry, I said that. Just uh, one more point, and it's not like you're you're trying to be just resilient. There is even more level, more you know, above resilient is you know, anti-fragile. I like in the book anti-fragile. But what I'm thinking, you know, 
in in a in a situation where you know in a world where everything is not everything is changing, but you know our world is changing. So the more income streams you have, the, you know the the high probability of uh, one of them, you know, really uh, benefiting, you know, uh, one of your you know many occupations and really benefit from let's say something that that happens that usually for other people would mean you know okay they lost their jobs and they may be redundant but you know as you have more income streams uh, then you can even benefit from you know disruptions let's say in the future so yeah yeah that's a great point now uh what were some of your biggest challenges in becoming established on your farm and becoming financially independent with your own business well as i said um, you know embracing the 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 entrepreneur of mine, uh, I would say that the biggest challenge is, of course, uh, living in uncertainty and kind of constantly living outside my comfort zone. Uh, I would say uh, that there's, there's a thing, you either have uh, security, uh, but then you're trapped in, in a job, or you, know, you, you have uncertainty, uh, but then you're free. So it's kind of you don't you don't have both. What well, you sure you, you can can have, but uh, to be uh, I wouldn't say you have a huge savings and can do a lot of risks uh, without any consequences. Uh, you know, with a huge savings like that, okay, so sure it will be fine. But as you're starting out, uh, things are uncertain. Yeah, I think that's um, something that a lot of people starting out in this lifestyle are um, are able to relate to. Now, aside from your own yeah, website, yeah. what resources would you point people towards if they want to learn more about what you do and what uh, permaculture lifestyle requires and steps towards that in general? Well, I would say that, of course, my site, uh, Permaculture Apprentice, um, that's the, the whole point of that website was solving my own problem as I'm going to this transition about uh, having a practical angle to all that so that's of course uh, that's also a resource for that i'm using because when i do this blog post it's like i'm writing uh instruction manual for myself i really sometimes find myself okay so oh my god i'm doing i'm doing this i'm doing this for first and then i'll be referencing you know, my articles uh, just to see you know if i'm doing it correctly if uh just to remind myself or, you know, just to see what I was, you know, writing. So I would say that uh, that's kind of um, the first place people can look. And that's, of course, my website. And the second one would be uh, Economic Action Team Community. And that's uh, a platform where there are a lot of, I'm teaching there, but there are a lot of teachers like, you know, Mark Shepard and others who are, uh, and Wayne Dorban that are uh, teaching um, similar angle, I, of course, my is, is the one when it comes to making a living in permaculture because he was doing it in the last 30 years. So those two places, and then of course, uh, permaculture voices, it's a huge one for me because uh, as I was thinking about what should I do with, you know, with my life, I was uh, listening to Diego from Permaculture Voices and he had huge amounts of you know people who are in the same situation who are in that position or who was 
were you know currently in a transition, uh, giving away their you know experience, secrets, and everything. So those three places I would you know recommend. Fantastic, and I'll put links for all our listeners in the show notes uh, at the end. Well, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. I really appreciate it, William. And I hope we can catch up with you again soon. I'm sure there will be a lot more questions by then. Okay, thank you, Oliver. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our website at AbundantEdge.com where you can find show notes for this episode and any others, as well as contact information for William Horvath and his website. And here's the part where I want to speak to you directly. I really want you to help me to make these podcasts into a dialogue. These are so much more valuable if it's more than just a one-way lecture series. We all, especially me, benefit from your contributions and your feedback. So share these episodes with others who you think would like to contribute to the conversation, would maybe have something to add to the information that's getting shared. Use these episodes as a conversation starter, an excuse to have more face-to-face interactions. And I'll join you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in.